Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That Fucking Podcast with your host, that fucking guy, LJ Sullivan. What's up, guys? It's been a while. Um, maybe not for you. You might have just listened to the last episode, but uh, for me, it's been a minute since recording the last episode. This is going to be episode 12. We're looking at uh, it's December 1st, 2020. Whew, man, so, so much has been going down, and like, I want to do the usual, this is probably going to be an extra long episode, I'm going to say that out the gate, or this might be a two-part episode, I might record this whole thing and then splice it up later, who knows how this shit's really going to go down, but, uh, yeah, man, I want to I want to do the thing where we talk about all the entertainment news and have all the fun and and do all that but I also feel like I got to tell y'all what the fuck has been up with me um primarily like number one thing uh that we have to address is um my mom got the coronavirus not sure if not sure if uh y'all knew that um she's doing all right now today is like sort of her first day back at work and um yeah she's she seems to have made it through uh but she does still have sort of a lack of taste and smell and her energy is a little bit low um sometimes still just feels a little bit out of sorts is the way that she describes it but you know i do too it's fucking anxiety and shit and yeah, man. Another thing that happened while we were away, November 30th, my birthday, I turned 25, 25 years young, son. Um, although I, I, I say 25 years young, but one of the things that I wanted to mention was just how uh, 25 seems to be it, man. 25 seems to be the year, or maybe it's because it's 2020 and there's a fucking pandemic, but that seems to be the year where you become real concerned with uh your health and just making sure that you see another three six five and maybe a few few more maybe another 25 of them you know uh so i've been uh i've been trying to uh you know when my mom was in the depths of the coronavirus i was doing a lot of work and uh pretty stressed out and uh anxious taking care of her trying to make sure that the the house keeps running and stuff, and, um, so, my birthday, uh, this is really, this, this week, um, yesterday was Monday, today's Tuesday, um, this is, like, a sort of a week off for me, which is really good, I need that shit, need to, like, kind of recalibrate, it feels, um, I'm, I'm setting up, like, uh, like, I've taken so many fucking coronavirus tests in the month of November. I've taken three. They all came back negative. Uh, but uh, turning 25 just has me feeling like, hey, let's, let's, let's go to a doctor. Let's see. Let's make sure everything's working all right. So I got a couple medical appointments scheduled. We'll see what comes of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to give you all the the lowdown on kind of all of the the personal stuff that has been going on but have had a real focus um especially before my mom came down with the coronavirus because that kind of shifted everything for me but 
Um, also getting back to just a real focus on like uh, self-care and self-love and getting that all figured out, which is like, you know, people say that, it, so it's the popular thing to say, so I don't want to dive too deep into it, uh, but that's what's happening. I came up with a formula, me and my me and my friend came up with a formula that I feel like is probably worth sharing, uh, which is uh, true self-care. You know, it's not always fun, it's not always the best thing, like an actual holistic view of self-care, it really is... Um, it's where self-responsibility uh, meets self-indulgences, and that equals out to uh, self-care. Like, you add those two things, like self-indulgence, but also self-responsibility. Because self-responsibility can be hard as shit sometimes. Sometimes that's not the shit you want to do, but it's still self-care, you understand? Uh, but... Um, then there's what a lot of people think of as self-care, you know, which are these, like, indulgences, um, which are important, too, which are important, too. Can't be on the grind 100% of the time, uh, which is what I've been finding out um, lately. Just been, just been working, 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 working. Um, as far as comedy is concerned, um, that shit has been taking a lull. I did... Uh, 30 minutes on, uh, shit, when was that, over at Tom Green, on the 17th, November 17th, I did 30 minutes at Tom Greeny's, uh, and I think this weekend, this Saturday, I might be doing another 30 at, uh, Mad Swede, um, so, yeah, uh, here and there, um, sort of doing more time whenever I go out, but going out less just cause the coronavirus numbers are fucking crazy. And like, I've been getting tested and making sure that I am not getting it, but also just like, it's just so fucking sketchy right now, man. It's just so fucking sketchy with, uh, with the way that it's all blowing up right now. Um, the numbers are way out of hand. The numbers are getting just way out of hand. Um, in my uh, notes over here, uh, mixed in with all that personal update information stuff was um, was also uh, political shit. I don't know if y'all want to talk about political shit, uh, but uh, yeah, like... Uh, like, I took notes throughout the whole, like, election process, because 2020 it was a fucking process, you know? They really broke it down so everyone could understand. No, nah, that, he fucking lost. <laughs> that orange bitch lost. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, I have notes, like, election happened, I voted, no lines or intimidation, um... I was ready, though, uh, and now we're waiting on the results uh, at the end of day one. Day two, um, Trump tries to call it for himself. That was uh, that was interesting. Day three, still waiting on Nevada vote count. Remember how we was all waiting on Nevada? Um, and also, uh, Trump is suing everyone. <laughs> Just anyone who didn't vote for him, he's suing them. Uh, day four... Pennsylvania and Georgia flip, uh, still, uh, no count in Nevada. Um, and then, 
uh, day five, uh, we got Biden. Biden pretty much clinched it by day five. It was pretty clear, like, Biden's got this shit. Um, Trump was whining about it, and he, like, tried to... You Y'all saw it. <laughs> he tried to, like, go to the courts and tried to fight it and blah, 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 blah. Nigga, Joe Biden's the next president. <laughs> he is going to be sworn in in January, whatever the fuck. And I hate to say it, but it does make me breathe a little bit easier. Like, I know, I know that, like, the imperialist march of America and the overall crumbling of our society is sort of inevitably going to keep moving forward. But it feels like we got the brakes fixed on the car, you know? It feels like we were careening down a fucking, just a steep, steep hill and like the brakes weren't working, and so we uh, we had to pump them several times, but now they're working. We can at least slow ourselves down and maybe not fly off a fucking cliff. Uh, that's what it feels like. <laughs> like just ever so slightly, um, uh, like satisfying and comforting. Um, let's see what else is there. Uh, I mean, yeah, just the whole political thing, man. Like. I mean, I hate that the fucking pandemic's a part of the whole political thing. I hate that those are rolled in together, and I definitely feel like once Joe Biden has the power of the office of the president, uh, things will maybe start looking a, a little bit up. I'm hoping that this is sort of the darkest before the dawn. Uh, traditionally, that's um, <laughs> that's sort of what this time of year represents right that's why uh christmas is when it is new year's is when it is it's uh we we sort of have these odd celebrations at the darkest points literally the like the uh, the days are the shortest they can be so um the darker points in the year we have these celebrations i think to remind ourselves that right on the other side we got uh springtime coming up uh all things are cyclical uh, all things are cyclical, so, you know, one thing to keep in mind is shit can only be so bad for so long, I think y'all have maybe heard me say that on this podcast before, um, everything is always changing and in flux, so, you know, shit's going bad, you know, that's unfortunate, ride out the storm, shit eventually gonna be going good again, eventually, you know, things stabilize, um, and then they fluctuate again, so if you're in a stable state, you know, you appreciate that, you're grateful for that, that's what Thanksgiving is about, um, you know, a lot of people over Thanksgiving, there was, I'm glad that we're having conversations around decolonizing the narrative around Thanksgiving, but I was running into a lot of people who were just like, man, I'm not down with Thanksgiving because all that pilgrim shit, and it's like, man, you understand that the narratives around the majority of our holidays are fucking bullshit, right? They're racist, they're bullshit, they're sexist, they're antiquated, they're based in a whole bunch of mixed up different moralities and viewpoints from across the planet. Our holidays are bullshit, but at the very core of them, in their roots, they all come from like when humans were dancing around fires and shit, and we needed things to latch on to and celebrate. That's where all of our tradition, like the big ones, the, the winter, the spring, the 
fall and the summer festivals that civilizations create for themselves, yeah, there's a reason that those exist, and they all have different, like, very deep, meaningful reasons for their existence, and the Thanksgiving one is, like, the final harvest before the long winter, and so it's this stable point uh, going into this sort of dark uncertainty that we praise that we say thanks for um and understanding that and separating it from the racist narratives of or like really trying to cover up the true racism of what happened when pilgrims ran in to native americans there was no there was no brotherly love feast happening um that shit was war (laughs) that shit was death that shit was smallpox um so yeah thanksgiving happened um (laughs) i forgot how we got there um i'm kind of just freeballing it through the notes right now um trying to give you guys like a real solid update on like the substantive things that you might come to this podcast for for like well uh what the fuck is that fucking guy lj up to you know what's he going through what's going on there um trying to give you guys all of that before we just dive deep deep into like comic book movie entertainment news um all that stuff because there's a lot to cover there too um yeah man so let's see let's see here in the notes is there anything else that we need to talk about we covered self-care we covered the election covered what's been going on with me um i made a post about relativism on facebook and i was like maybe i need to have a podcast about that this is really me teasing um a later episode where we're gonna go deep on relativism because the what the post was on facebook was um all the kids are super into uh relativism right now uh everybody gets their own truth uh their own reality to live in uh but at the same time the kids are all very upset and frustrated uh by the fact that their grandparents won't accept racism as an issue like (laughs) so you, you understand how those two things are in conflict your grandparents are living in their own little world bubble fabricated in many parts by like fox news and the media that they're in taking um and so they're doing what you advocate with your uh i am gonna shit on things that i believe in here uh with your crystals and your chakras and your spiritual all of like you choose to believe these things okay cool that's your like you've built a reality for yourself okay fine but then you can't comprehend how another person is trapped in a reality that was maybe less consciously crafted by them and something that they just sort of fell into you know so it is there truth to the fact that everyone has like their own internal world and a way of looking at things yes but is there an overlap also into an objective reality that we all take part in um somewhat yeah yeah we all kind of overlap in a way that we can sense that we can feel that we understand that we can quantify um like shit's going on here in some way shape or form um and here and now we should all be concerned 
with and then you know when you go home at bed at night you can be concerned with your internal world um it's a yin and a yang you know and some people dive way too hard into the yin of it and they're like objective reality is objective reality and it's all science and numbers and atoms and if you can't quantify it it doesn't matter there's no such thing as love go fuck yourself um and then you know rick and morty uh (laughs) Well, actually, Rick and Morty explores, like, the actual psyche of a person who says shit like that and, like, why they would feel the need to keep screaming that at the top of their lungs drunkenly. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, Then there's other people who go way too on the other side. I don't know if I said yin or yang already, but people go way into the other side of it where it's like hey man it's whatever you want to be man it's we're all just living in our own little perceptions man like you might have seen one thing and i might have seen another thing man and who's to say what's real man and it's like i understand where both those people are coming from uh, but they're both incredibly flawed perspectives of looking at reality. You gotta take them both. You understand? Yin and yang, balance. That's what the fuck it's all about. Um, so that was like a little mini, mini dive into relativism, I guess. We could do much more. I could go way deeper and whip out a bunch of terms the way we did on spirituality, but like that that was a that was a skinny on it. That was the short, quick version. Um So should we get into comic book movie news? Hold on. I'm gonna put the mic down. I don't know if y'all still how the audio is gonna work. This is we're testing things here on the that fucking podcast with your host, that fucking guy. We're testing out a few different things. Maybe he can put the mic down and keep talking while he smokes. And maybe it'll pick it up. Maybe it won't. Maybe it sounds like I'm far away. Does it sound like I'm far away? Probably shouldn't breathe smoke on the electrical equipment. Fuck. Okay. Hold on. Before we go entertainment news and shit this is this is the break this is where you want to <clears throat> we're shifting from serious real life matters and we're we're moving into fantasy fiction realms and speculation about those um so this is the transition this is get yourself ready I think my xbox is about to turn off Probably should have turned it off before I started, but, you know, I like to listen to podcasts, YouTube video breakdowns before I start my podcast. I don't know why. <clears throat> inspires me. Uh, I got the content that I like, and then, you know, I try and create content that other people might enjoy um, with my own little style and flavor, you know? That's what we're here for. That's what it's all about. That's what uh, that's what that fucking podcast is. Um, so let's let's hit the entertainment news, y'all. Let's get into it. Let's. There's so fucking much. 
Um, I'm actually going to start at the bottom of the... Uh, okay, so I have things... Alright. So, one of the main things we got to talk about... And I'm actually... I have... Okay, so the new season of Mandalorian dropped. That's number one on entertainment news. Mandalorian is coming out. Like, for people who... Uh, kind of lived for like <laughs> the marvel star wars entertainment cycle <laughs> um 2020's been a little bit fucked up <laughs> we just cold turkey nothing nothing for you bitch ass go back and rewatch your favorite shit and then get back to us we'll maybe see a black widow on disney plus in five years like it's fucking it's so bad um <laughs> but but the one thing we got the one thing we got right now us nerd motherfuckers uh is uh mandalorian season two mandalorian season two and that shit is fire than a motherfucker um and at the recording of this episode they are up to episode five which was an earth shattering ground breaking fucking episode <sighs> Like, not just major effects on the show going forward, but on the Star Wars universe going forward. Like, this is required fucking viewing now. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna do episode by episode, and I have those marked in my notes, um, as they should be, but then splattered throughout the rest of the notes are these little stars, these little stars of information. We're going to hit all the stars first. Um, and, and a lot of the stars are just small news, little, little tidbits, little, little things that I felt, um, when I hear these things, I'll cross my news feed. I'm like, Ooh, shit, make a star in the notes so you can talk to them on the podcast about it. Um, Ooh, looks like there was a little, a little, um, fucking tick in the audio there real quick for a second i was kind of gesticulating uh violently uh it was just one real quick beep uh like straight line up and down like i could see it but it was so fast anyway uh so let's talk fucking wandavision wandavision is the first little star we have in our notes here wandavision um, so at first it was like, okay, this is probably coming out around Christmas. Then those motherfuckers came out with an actual date and it's January 15th. Look, <laughs> I was pissed <laughs> because that means we don't get any Marvel, anything for a whole year for all of 2020. We had nothing. And as I say that, I feel depleted on my insides, which that's not good. <laughs> That's not healthy. That's not a healthy uh, place to be with uh, your fucking, your entertainment. Where, like, it feels, fills so much of your soul that without it, you're like, I'm dying. <laughs> um, it's, we're on a heavy diet of bread and circus in america i'm not sure if y'all knew that uh so when you take the circus away i get a little bit fucking antsy um and you know the bread hasn't run out yet but as soon as it does i'm sure everyone will be in the streets out in this motherfucker um 
so we just went back from entertainment into real life commentary it you know the podcast you know it bleeds in and out you know none of this shit matters anyway uh yeah man in my notes it's like the fuck they said 2020 not 2021 uh like sort of sarcastically like i know it's sort of like petulant nerd behavior to be like i want it now but like you know that shit's done you know that shit's in the can we're just waiting to drop they might touch up like a pixel of like definition here or there in between like the release but like you know wandavision's done You know it's ready to go. They could drop that shit tomorrow. That might be what they're setting us up for. They're like, oh, you don't want it on January 15th? Well, guess what? January 1st, here you go, bitches. Stop whining. They might do something like that. They might just surprise us like that. Who knows? You never know. Uh, On to the next little star. Um, Cyberpunk 2077. It's a video game that's coming out. Super popular. Not sure if you've heard about it. Um, massive uh, open world like RPG. I'm pretty stoked about it. It got delayed also. Um, <laughs> it's um, But I'm not too upset about that one because I want to get the new system first. That new Xbox that's out, baby. That new Xbox that's out, you feel me? Um, Because I am an Xbox person. I'm not sure if we've ever covered that on uh, on the podcast before. I'm Xbox, ride or die. Uh, My first ever... We're going into a video game spiral. Fuck you, it's happening. Um, (laughs) First ever, okay, first ever gaming device uh, on the real, though, like, shouts out to Nintendo, Game Boy Advanced. That's what I was rocking. My first, like, access to video games was not through a, a TV console. It was through handheld Game Boy Advanced. I had the little case that would it had the light that would pop up and it would shine the light down because it was before they had the backlit screen bruh (laughs) bruh (laughs) um so it had color though i'm pretty sure it had color yeah it had color uh because that was the one that came after the because there's game boy and there was a game boy color and then there was the game boy advanced which was like the color but then later on, they came out with another Game Boy that had a backlight in the screen. Um, and that shit, I remembered wanting that shit. Um, and I know I, my fucking Game Boy exists somewhere. And, uh, like, I know it's out. Like, I know it's in a pile of shit somewhere. In my house or my grandpa's house. Um... And I want to find it because I want to try and turn it on and make it work. (laughs) It's not going to want to work, but I want to try and make it work. Um, I still got my game of Pokemon Emerald I'm trying to get through. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm ride or die Xbox, though, because my first ever, um, like, console was the original Xbox, dog. OG Xbox homie 
hood rat shit, dog. <laughs> um, I say that because I feel like, like back in the day, because everybody's so hardcore PlayStation, um, especially back in the day. Um, like now, it's a little more of a competition, right? We got the console wars, um, which are sort of cooling off. Um, but anyway. Back in the day, it was PlayStation, PlayStation 2, or you had a fucking, uh, like, a Super Nintendo, like, uh, well, no, uh, Nintendo 64 or GameCube. Um, like, I remember, uh, before I really started playing video games, when I would, like, watch my friends or my cousins play video games more than I would play video games, um, those were the systems, was PlayStation, PlayStation 2, uh, uh, N64, GameCube, um, those was, were the players, but then I want to say around the time I was seven or eight, um, maybe six, shit, nah, 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 see, because like five, six is when I was on that Game Boy, nah, 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 because I also got, wait, I already had the Xbox when I got the PSP, the one PlayStation I thing that I've had is... I needed to update my mobile gaming from the Game Boy Advance at one point in time, so I got a PSP. That was the one PlayStation item that I've ever owned. I loved my PSP. I, I played it a lot. It was dope. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, so I was... Uh, I Xbox, OG Xbox was the first console. And then uh, I remember... I updated to the 360 when that came out. Um, it was a birthday gift for me. Um, I'm not sure if I got it like right when it came out. But I got that shit. I got it. Um, and then I remember that's when I really... Like when I had the Xbox, I was still pretty young. So like my gaming was very... Um, very like... Uh, I don't even know what the word casual yeah a very casual gamer uh i would still call myself a casual gamer to be honest with you but uh then on that 360 though that's when like i blew up with playing online with friends and shit and i'd be on that motherfucker like all the time call of duty um like definitely like sinking a lot of time into games going uh, taking that step from casual to try hard, and I never had, like, super great stats, but that didn't change the fact that I wasn't trying hard, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, I was just a bad try hard, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, like, I went from casual to try hard, but I never really developed the skills <laughs> to, like, be a real, like, solid fucking gamer, uh, so, <laughs> um, then, the, uh, I remember, so I had the original Xbox 360, and then they, like, sort of updated mid-generation. I got one of those, um, and then we went to the, uh, what is it, the Xbox One. Been on that, been on that. I think I'm on the original Xbox One, not the Xbox One, what, One S or whatever. I forget what the fuck they call them all, but... And now we got the Xbox Series X, right? That's what the new one is. That's the one I need to cop. That's the one that I need. 
because <laughs> um, I've, I've been with xbox this whole time man i understand i don't even really hate on playstation niggas that much man like i get what playstation is out here doing what they what they provide to the gaming community so to speak but um you know i just shit man i like xbox <laughs> uh but so anyway cyberpunk 2077 i want to play it on the new generation i might like I don't know. I have a lot of games I need to get through. Division 2 is a massive game. I mean, I know, like, there are people who've run through it and are like, it's content light, but, like, nah, not really. Not at all. <laughs> um, there's so much to do, especially for a casual gamer. For a person like me, I don't run through games, especially, like, big open world like i take my fucking time on those um i play those for years and that's why i like them like um i kind of aged out of like the arcade mode of call of duty um and that's why i do like the division a lot actually is because it gives me that shooter feel but i'm not in an arcade mode i'm like adventuring through this sort of massive world so to speak but it's also still a shooter like it scratches a weird itch um never really played destiny that never really attracted me um warframe scratches sort of a similar itch but more halo less call of duty uh and it's just that transition from like the open world or the like arcade shooter type of like action adventure game into more of an open world uh role playing game um and it's just uh interesting how your tastes and things change over time um i don't know there could be a big multiplayer um shooter that comes out next year that gets me to go away from the open world but i don't foresee that none of the like existing franchises have really been impressing me i don't like a lot of like the trends in those things um <laughs> like uh oh the the fucking the loot boxes and the pay to play and the subscription models and the seasons and the blah 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 and it's not like division doesn't have some of that shit in it especially once you get to the end game but i'm saying for a casual player there's so much for me to do before i start running into the things in the gaming industry that i dislike um like i've been playing that one game for like probably three years i was playing the previous one for like three years before that so you know you get a lot out of these massive open world games i kind of want to pick up assassin's creed valhalla um but i still have jedi fallen order i need to get through that um i have like a huge backlog of video games that i could play would love to play but also like I don't know, video games are a tough thing for me because it's like, it's nice to, um, it's nice to sit down and play and unwind and just have fun, but also it's like, 
And that's the problem with, like, getting older, right? <laughs> with turning 25, you start to feel like, oh, man, there's shit I need to be doing. There's something. There is something. I could be recording a podcast. I could be working on any number of writing projects. Or I could be editing comedy material. Or I could be fucking just doing shit that needs to get done around the house. Or I could be doing this or that. Or, oh, shit, I gotta go to work. Um... And so then video games, and unfortunately also like reading and watching anything that's not like you've seen it a billion times, like The Office. Like, to me, consuming media is, has become a, like, like, I like to pay attention to the stories. Like, so I like it to have my full attention but i also grew up uh in with that vibe of like the tv just kind of being on for background noise and so that's why the office gets played on a loop for ever and ever and ever and this should be a star in the notes but it's not a star in the notes guess what guys office is leaving um <laughs> it's leaving netflix it's gonna be gone uh so maybe that'll force me to break out of that which might be kind of nice um Okay, so we did a full, like, video game segment, uh, which was kind of promised at the beginning of this podcast, not this episode, but, like, episode one. I was like, we're probably going to talk about some video games every once in a while, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and we never have. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, that fucking gamer, uh, new segment. <laughs> All of my segments are going to have the same naming scheme the name scheme of this podcast is just so delightful for me it's just so like it makes everything so easy i can just be like hey fucking you know that fucking thing and it's pretty nice um so you know there's that Ah, uh, shit um i don't i don't wear my headphones when i record but i think i can hear myself coming from my headphone i'm gonna unplug them i'm sorry it, oh that's why haha <laughs> um yeah fucking echo um sorry if you guys can hear that i don't think you can um but maybe you can i don't know i'm gonna have to listen back to this whole episode there's a fucking echo i'm sorry uh it's probably gonna get like released with the echo um just because it's a learning curve it's you guys are growing with me on this podcast this is episode 12 what the fuck do you want from me uh <laughs> you should have it dialed in by 10 um well you know <laughs> i don't <laughs> i fucking don't uh so eh, we're just gonna live with it we're just gonna keep recording and doing our best and uh, I put on my Amazon wish list. I need, uh, <laughs> I need mic arms or fucking stands, uh, so I don't have to keep holding the mic. I told people that I just held the mic for my podcast, and they were like, you hold the mic for the whole, what do you want, for yes, I hold the, what do you want from me? <laughs> Like, no, I'm not fucking Joe Rogan. I don't have ergonomic arms hanging from the ceiling. Like, I'm fucking... I'm, I'm broke, nigga, I'm broke! <laughs> Dave Chappelle. 
Um, <laughs> like, I, I fucking doing what I can here. All right. <laughs> Donate to my Venmo, LJ Sullivan one. Uh, let's see if we can get some traction on this motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, you'll notice, audience of seven, um, I have not put ads in this podcast yet because there's seven of you. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to, we're not trying to make money off this bitch yet. Um, I do really want to start looking into merch. That's one thing that I could do with this whole quarantine thing, you know? Definitely start looking into some fucking merch. Um... I have ideas for mostly, like, symbolism. Symbolism that I want in the, uh, in the fucking, um, in the merch. Uh, like, how I want to sell myself and stuff. But, uh, coming up with, like, catchphrases and, like, my comedy doesn't lend itself to, like, a punchline on a joke. Or a punchline from a joke on a t-shirt is what I meant to say. Um, And we could go into a whole deep dive on, like, how to structure comedy. And I think some people are overly hung up on the idea of um, premise, like, setup, premise, uh, punchline, like, like, the structure of a joke. Like... I get it. I understand, like, where that's coming from in the history of comedy and blah, 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 blah. Um, and the art form. Literature. Okay. Um, but I can also just get on stage and kind of do my thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and the punchlines will drop where the punchlines will drop. What's funny is I think that's a very... Um, there's a split I've noticed between <laughs> black and white comedians. Um, a lot of <laughs> white comics that I know and have grew up watching, just think about John Mulaney. He's incredibly technically proficient joke writer. You could, you could put his jokes in the hands of anyone with half-decent comedic timing, and they could read those jokes and make a room of people laugh because they're so technically proficient. But then, you can look at some of the overall, like, greats of comedy. Look at their material. Listen to them say it and deliver it. And... You couldn't write that shit down and have someone deliver it without having, without really doing an impression of the original comedian to make it land the same way so that then it is a somewhat semblance of the original joke. Like, it's not about the technicality. There's a gray area. And that's where I like to operate. I forgot how we got there. (laughs) I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, (laughs) but, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) huge tangent. Huge. I don't know how the fuck we ended up here. Where are we? What's happening? What's the date? December 
December 1st? All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> center yourself. Um, center yourself. Anyway, uh, we're going through the stars of the entertainment news, okay? In the notes. That's what we're doing. We went through the fucking video games, and and then something distracted me. And uh, Anyway, uh, so confirmed they're working on an Umbrella Academy Season 3. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> that sounded maybe facetious. I am legitimately excited. I, I, I in, have been enjoying Umbrella Academy. Um, so, you know, well, I enjoyed Umbrella Academy both seasons. I thought Season 2 was an improvement on Season 1. Uh, and... I'm interested to see what they do with season three. There's a lot of there's a lot of threads to follow. A lot of things they could do. They left on a big cliffhanger. They got some splaining to do. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see where that all goes. Uh, Constantine two, Keanu Reeves. It's in the works. It's the Keanu Sans. It's part of the Keanu Sans. Um, you know anything that that dude ever did uh hollywood's like it's gold it's gold baby reprinted base currency off of it uh keanu it's all about keanu uh whoa anyway um (laughs) did you catch it did you catch the whoa whoa (laughs) whoa (laughs) do you think i could blow up off whoa like keanu reeves and uh What's the other one who sounds like, wow, or who's Owen Wilson? (laughs) Do you think I could just blow up off one word? Just one word. I just need one word that I say the way I say, and that goes viral, and everyone loves it and praises it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Um... Let's see. Oh, my friend came up with a great catchphrase the other day. the The only problem is I don't know if she if she wants to spread it organically, or does she want um to be like the owner of that catchphrase? So like, like does she want to be the one to put it out into the wild? Because this is a podcast. I'm putting it out into the wild if I say it. If I say her new dope ass saying, um, so. We might have to wait on that. We might have to wait on... Um, they can be the next guest. Next guest. And they're going to give us their new saying. Um, i got to make sure that that fucking mic works. Um, <laughs> if one of the mics is not doing its job on the next <laughs> episode, um, you'll know why. <laughs> you'll know what the fuck is up. Um, I just saw like a weird microphone in a desk. Um I opened a random drawer. You ever open a drawer in your house that you forgot about? Uh, <laughs> like, who put all this shit in this drawer? <laughs> this is an original Xbox 360 in this drawer. That's a, that's a microphone. What does that microphone go to? Um, so, anyway. Uh, Umbrella Academy Season 3 is happening. Constantine 2. Uh, looks like they're working on it. Star-Lord in Thor 4 confirmed. So that's cool. Others, 
So Marvel's been dropping a bunch of fucking tidbits lately because they know that we're getting antsy and we're addicts. Um, so Marvel has been dropping lots of uh, tidbits here and there. Just little little tidbits of info to get us excited. So Star-Lord's going to be in Thor 4. Uh, Lawrence Pugh's character from the not yet seen black widow movie is apparently going to be in the hawkeye series that they are working on so that's cool um and they confirmed for black panther 2 they're trying to stay on their production schedule and they are not i repeat they are not going to do a cgi chadwick boseman which good i don't think anybody wanted that I don't think anybody wanted just a CGI Chadwick Boseman on the screen um, because that'd feel weird. I don't know how his family would feel about that. Um, So now that almost raises their confirmation of all that news, all the things I just said about Black Panther and the way they're going about it. It raises so many questions. It raises way more questions than it answers okay no cgi chadwick but then how what on a writing level are they doing to address what has happened they've also confirmed that t'challa is already dead in the mcu so like when that movie picks up um the like time skip or whatever between Endgame and uh black panther 2 we'll know that spider-man far from home happened and then probably somewhere near the events of that movie or just after or just before who knows maybe right after tony stark's funeral maybe maybe t'challa's walking to the car from tony stark's funeral and just like collapsed for whatever reason um that wouldn't be good writing but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's, again, like, where are they going to take this? How are they going to do this? Because everyone who watches these movies knows, knows what happened. I don't know how you could be a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not be aware of the tragedy uh, of Chadwick Boseman. Uh well, not the tragedy, because he lived a pretty epic life. That seem, that insinuates that his life was some sort of Greek fucking tragedy, uh, which it was not. And I don't think he would want to be remembered in such terms. So let me correct myself. But, like, it is tragic that he, he's gone so soon, right? Um, Although he lived an amazing life in a short time, which is, you know, that's if you got to go quick, you hope that you get some shit done before it happens. Right. Um, so anyway, it's just like what they might stitch old because the way movies work um, from all of his appearances thus far, which people like, there's only one Black Panther movie, but understand they peppered him in a few different places on purpose on a narrative level. Um, there's Civil War and um, his presence in Infinity War and at the end of Endgame. There's 
a few different movies where there's probably a few different deleted scenes of of live real Chadwick Boseman. Um and so what what are those deleted scenes? And not even deleted scenes, some shit deleted scenes are like the scenes that they put out on the DVD that you do get to see just not as as a part of the movie. There's also shit that just hits the cutting room floor that just no one ever knows about. But the people who worked on the movies know about them. So there might be scenes from all these different movies that he's done in the MCU as T'Challa that they could stitch together and have other actors like act around them and stitch it together. And so then it's not CGI, but you still have Chadwick in the movie somehow because you need to explain the fuck happens um they also confirm there's probably going to be two black panthers which makes a lot of fucking sense to me personally uh if you know the comics and shit like if t'challa is gone there might be like sort of a squabble for who gets to be the black panther and the next heir to the throne we all know it needs to be shuri that it rightfully belongs to shuri but is she gonna be ready in black panther 2 to do that i'm not sure maybe by the end of black panther 2 she like steps fully into the mantle but throughout the course of black panther 2 i imagine like umbaku and okoye and what was t'challa's uh uh homegirl's name um they might all be jockeying for that position um and be considered more qualified than shuri and so then you might get a situation where any of like the three of them um, or I heard a cool theory where homie with the rhinos from Get Out might come through and try and redeem himself. Um, so, of those four, any of the two could be a Black Panther or two Black Panthers. Um, or you include Shuri and she could be one of the Black Panthers. She's like in training or whatever. Um, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. There's an extended, like, universe novel called The Wakanda Files um, with a lot of dope information in it um, where Shuri confirms that she's been working on synthesizing a new heart-shaped herb um, because uh, Killmonger burned, quote, all of it um, at the end of Black Panther 1. Um, But... Did he, though? Were they able to confine something that grew in the wilds of Wakanda to one location in the royal palace? I understand that they want that shit under lock and key. I get it. But how could you be sure? How could you be sure in the vast wilderness of Wakanda that there's not a small patch of heart-shaped herb growing somewhere? Like, obviously, that would be an exhaustive search, and you could probably go mad trying to do that over the course of one lifetime. Like, we're talking about a holes situation now. Y'all seen holes? Shia LaBeouf digging up, 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 holes. Dig it. That, but with heart-shaped herb. Digging up, 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 heart-shaped herb. You feel me? Uh, anyway, (laughs) that was fun. I had fun there. I hope you had fun there. That was a nice little segment, I think. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, Marvel's just been releasing all these tidbits 
these little these little information leaks making people wonder like oh what the fuck is going on um what's the next thing gonna be um i personally am very excited um but yeah i think the last episode was like rants rumors and speculation or something like that so i won't dive too deep into all of this right now but yeah man so i think that was like the first that that was the first big half of this podcast now we're gonna do um i'm gonna take a quick intermission uh drink some water smoke some weed hang out and then i'm gonna come back to y'all and we're gonna start breaking down reacting to talking about the mandalorian season two up to episode five spoiler warning now be ready bitch um so uh yeah that's um that's what we're doing uh so you won't notice hopefully too much but i'm gonna take a break if you need to take a break pause the episode take a break do what you gotta do and when we come back we're talking mandalorian all right everybody we're back we're back for the second half of this episode we're talking mandalorian just took myself a quick break you know just uh went over smoked smoked a little bit ate some chicken wings feeling refurbished ready to get into this mandalorian shit with y'all um so yeah hella spoiler warnings right now um also, I'm assuming you've seen season one of The Mandalorian, and you know what the fuck I'm talking about this whole next big-ass segment. So, let's just start here. Episode number one started off with a motherfucking banger. <laughs> Taking on crate dragons and shit. Loved it. It was the shit. Motherfucking Boba Fett. Kind of, sort of, maybe uh, coming around there at, at the end. Uh, cause, you know, you got Cobb Vanth, Banth, Vanth, um, in Boba Fett's armor, but you can almost immediately tell that it's not Boba Fett. Like, you see the armor first, and you're like, ah, but then you're like, looking at how it's fitting, and you're like, that's not quite, he might be a little bit lengthier, a little bit taller than Boba, not as thick, maybe. Um, like, so, you know the whole Boba Fett thing, but then at the end, they had Boba Fett in Tusken Raider gear looking at Mando drive off with the, with his old, uh, Mandalorian armor, um, as payment for helping kill the crate Dragon. It was a dope fucking episode. They slayed a goddamn Star Wars dragon first episode. They were like, first episode, we're slaying dragons, bitch. We're fucking... We're killing shit. Hardcore. It was dope as fuck. Not a lot of, uh, at this point in time, still known as Baby Yoda. Uh, not a lot of the child, you know? Uh, mostly him just reacting to shit. But so much dope action. So much dope action. And they redeemed the, uh, the Sand People. I.E. the Tusken Raiders. You know, because they were always painted in this sort of really negative light. But Mando knows how to talk to them. So they sort of got 
you know, they were more agreeable than we've ever seen them before. And, like, there was a point of, like, a basis of, like, understanding. And then you also got to wonder with the end of that episode, was Boba Fett under his Tuscan gear maybe vouching for him? Because he saw him as a Mandalorian and knew, like, anyone who's wearing Mandalorian armor can help us kill the fuck out of this crate dragon right now. Like, that's probably, I don't know. I don't know, speculation. But uh, heavy Dune vibes. Um, and, you know, they, they say the word, the Dune Sea. Uh, there's the old old west vibes too because the crate dragon also is just like one of the sandworms like it's just this thing that goes underground and fucks shit up and uh comes up and takes motherfuckers out um that's what i know about dune um i know a lot of star wars is inspired by dune um got a copy of dune on my bookshelf that i need to get to shouts out to the homie sam um let me borrow dune uh now that was that was pretty much episode one of season two. I'm sure there was more tinier, smaller, little like YouTube breakdown video stuff. I'm I'm just running through my notes and my immediate reactions off things. You know, it's been a minute since I seen the first episode of season two, um, but I did watch it twice because I watched it once for me and then I watched it once with the homie Sam. So, you know, I I I know what happened in the first episode. Uh, second episode is dope as fuck, because it opens right at the, like, ending of the first episode, he's on the speeder, he's on Tatooine, they try and set a trap for him, somebody's looking for the child, we don't know who, there's just a gang of people trying to get the, get the kid, and, uh, so, they, of course, fail, because he's the mandalorian uh like you're not gonna even though their trap was impressive they had like hidden trap wires and shit that fucked his speeder up like even so like you're not you're not fucking with it with my man the mandalorian you ain't fucking with din and homie like he's he's got it on lock so uh they couldn't fuck with him he gets to his ship and then there's this whole whole side quest with this frog lady bitch and her eggs they get stranded because they get caught up with the new republic cops they get stranded on this snow world there's baby yoda's eating everything the lady the frog lady's eggs he's eating uh oh there's snow spiders there's giant fucking snow spiders why why would they do that to us and baby yoda's eating them eggs too so Yoda's out here, baby Yoda's out here eating fucking everything. Uh, the New Republic cops are like kind of fucking weird and fucked up. I don't know. They're, I have different opinions about. So, uh, Wolf or whatever, the one that Dave Filoni plays, seems to be the bad cop, and then the other guy seems to be the good cop. He shows up again later. Um, these. That one guy seems cool. Dave Filoni seems to want to play like sort of a dick bag cop. I don't know. Um, but uh, it felt that whole episode, it felt like it was a good lesson in make in like making getting from place to place compelling. Like it felt like a side quest, but also 
the only way forward. So it made sense that like we had to go through this thing to get to the next place. The next place being this like aquatic moon that Frog Lady is from. And supposedly there are other Mandalorians there. So like they made it an action-packed episode and you know... They like to do this thing where it's like an anthology, where it's like sort of like it's not all connected, but it is all connected. Like, you don't have to, like, that's why they do do the recaps at the beginning of every episode. Like, you might be able to see this episode and just enjoy it for what it is, but you might also really want to know what the fuck is going on and, like, the big picture. It's an interesting balance that shows strikes, and I think some people aren't happy with it, but I really enjoy it. Um... So, let's see. Also, considering the format of, like, the graphic novel that I want to write, I'm trying to learn lessons from this. Like, as a viewer, uh, earlier I was talking about how, like, intaking media, um, it just means a little more to me. It, uh, you need to be a little more focused on, like, taking in new story and stuff, like, really sit down and watch it, um, as opposed to just letting things play in the background. Um, so... And this is a good example of why. It's because I'm trying to learn storytelling from the things that I enjoy. So that requires some dissecting and some real, like, critiquing. And yeah, anyway, so lots fucking happened in episode three. Um, right when we wanted it most. Right when we were like, hey, man, we need some answers. We need this to go somewhere. You know, this is this is season two of this show, and we still don't know shit about Dick. What the fuck is going on? Who is this kid? Why does that man have the dark saber? What the shit? Where are the other Mandalorians? What is happening? Um, where are the Jedi? What is happening? Like, all of these questions all get answered in episode three. Right when you need them to be answered. Um... Bo-Katan shows up. Um, so, does she have an assassin vibroblade up her sleeve? Like, just hidden? Like, a spring-loaded vibroblade? That's so fucking sick. Um, she name-drops Ahsoka. Um, and it seems like she's on a mission for the Darksaber. She wants to be the next Mandalore. She wants to be the ruler of Mandalore. I'll, also... Bo-Katan Kreese has a claim to that throne. So she she's well within her rights to hunt down Gideon um, and fucking just take that shit from him if she can. How will that will that involve young baby Yoda and our friend Din Djarin? Will they be a part of that fight? You know? Questions. Answers to questions, but more questions raised. Also, Ahsoka is coming shortly, on the way. So excited for Ahsoka. Oh, my God. Um, Moff Gideon got some Warlord points because he's got, like, suicide orders on his soldiers, on his, like, high-ranking guys. Like, if anything's going south, guess what? Long live the Empire, Kamikaze, yo bitch ass. Get out of here. Uh, cut all losses. Like, no information is going to be gained from you. Like, nothing. You're gonna die. Um, Mando's ship is fucked by the end of this episode. He tries to have some... Uh, oh, I forget. Uh, it's a trap! Uh, his species, uh, Admiral Akbar, uh, one of his, his guys, <laughs> uh, somebody who looks vaguely like that, uh, <laughs> um, 
they uh they go to fix the ship, but it's an aquatic world, so it's all just fish netting and just like all hobbled together, and it's fucking wet, and it's just not—it's not what you want for your space-faring vessel. <laughs> um, so his ship is just straight fucked. I underline fucked. Um, Baby Yoda seemed to be uh, growing and might understand the Mandalorian. That was in my notes in episode 3. If we flash forward to episode 5, we know Baby Yoda knows quite uh, some shit. We're gonna get there. We're we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. I'm going step by step. I'm so excited to talk about episode 5 when we get there. When we get to my notes in episode 5, it's just like one words, exclamation points. I'm gonna be riffing. Like, it's gonna get crazy when we get to the episode 5 reaction. But still on episode 3, uh,. All the Mandalorians are, uh, you know, not united. That's big. That's big information that we got. Like, the Mandalorians that Din Djarin were a part of, the Watch, the Death Watch, not associated with all of the, uh, like, not all of Mandalorian culture has become that, which was a little unclear. Because if you knew the animated series, you knew there were other Mandalorians at one point in time who didn't have the strict rules about the removing of the helmet and stuff. But then you hear about the purge of Mandalore, and you're like, well, fucking maybe they didn't make it out. Um, like, it's just real you know, it's real vague, but then we get confirmation that no, Bo-Katan, the Night Owls, they're out here, they have the, the, um, they have their way, and then Mando has his way, and he's like, there's only one way, the way of the Mandalore, and Bo-Katan's like, I'm gonna get that motherfucking, (laughs) that motherfucking Darksaber, I'm gonna be the Mandalore, bitch, watch me do it, I love Bo-Katan so much. She was so dope. Her fighting style is so sick. Her and the Night Owls choreography was so dope. And I really, really hope that we get, like, that we get to see their fight choreography in tandem with Ahsoka's fight choreography. Oh, my God. Oh, just thinking about it is like, oh, shit, that'd be so dope. Anyway, because <laughs> Din Djarin, he kind of just bulldozes his way through a lot of things. Like, it's cool when the people he's bulldozing have no idea what's coming. Like, that's what a lot of the fight scenes are. Uh, but in terms of, like, people who are qualified to fight other highly trained people, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan are like, ugh fucking the shit um anyway so Bo-Katan's like help me with this mission and I'll tell you about the Jedi and then that shit happens and episode three is really good I would say the best episodes of the season so far are one three and five we're going odd numbers it seems like the even numbers right now are the the like layover episodes the like we gotta get to where we're going and then it'll be dope as shit like uh because nothing is easy in the star wars universe there's no 
like, oh, yeah, just talk to my homie. He'll help you out. Somebody's going to double-cross you. There's going to be another uh, thing in the middle of getting from one guy to another to figure it out. And then you got to have confirmation that you knew the first guy for the second guy, and the second guy still might not help you. There's always some crazy shit going on in Star Wars. So, yeah. In, in in that universe, you got to be real careful uh, and just go step by step. I'm like... It's interesting. Like, they've painted the world in a way in which I'm more accepting of the structure and the plotting of the show. You know? That's part of it. I should make a note of that for my graphic novel. Anyway, moving forward. I had to do... Uh, Episode 4 and 5 all sort of smashed together right before the episode. All The rest of these notes were taken, like, as I was watching it. But then I kind of started slipping, and I, you know, I kind of just wanted to watch a few episodes without having to be like, oh, yeah, make sure we'll talk about this on the podcast. And we're definitely going to have to mention that. And then, like, um, instead of doing all that, just, like, enjoying it and then coming back and sort of coming up with what we can do episode four obligatory layover like i said the even episodes seem to be the episodes in which we're getting to where we're going we're not where we want to be um the ship needs repairs so they're going back to the homies uh car dune and the other guy and uh, the homies the homies from the first season and uh it's real interesting when we get an introduction to car dune uh, reintroduction. She's going by the marshal of this new settlement, and um, the dude who was wearing Boba Fett's armor was also going by the title marshal. And at the end of this episode, New Republic cop slides this like New Republic sigil metal thing over to Cara Dune, and I'm wondering if like. Maybe the strength in their reconstruction, but also their weakness in the face of the First Order. The New Republic relied a lot on, like, local law enforcement just sort of, like, deputized by the authority of the New Republic. So we could be seeing sort of, like, the beginning of, like, the sort of network infrastructure that the New Republic would work off of, but that we never really got to see in the sequel trilogy. Because they got got at in the beginning of it by the Star Killer base, and this is also explaining how like I think like such a big threat could arise, um, because that you just have like one outer rim beat cop who's like something's going on out here. You fucking let me know if anything happens. Like, there's just one fucking dude in an X-Wing who's keeping official tabs on all this shit. Um, that was something going on in the background that I, like, really appreciated. That whole thing in episode four. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. The ship needs repairs. They go back to the homies. Okay, here we go. The mechanics, they linger on them. When they go to fix the ship, so you know the mechanics are going to fuck something up or something that's right with them. You can't trust these fucking mechanics. See, that's the thing. In the real world, you, it's hard to find a mechanic you trust. And you, you think it's Star Wars you can find? I just explained to you how you need to be looking over your back on every which way for everything. And you're going to just trust any mechanic to work on your shit. Din Djarin's in a little bit of a tight spot and he thinks he's amongst friends. Um... But it turns out these mechanics, they're fucking, they're, 
They're loyal to Moff Gideon. They're fucking imps. They put a fucking tracker on his shit. Um, and that doesn't come to fruition in episode five. We just get all the Ahsoka dopeness um, that we were promised in three. Um, but uh, that that tracker thing's definitely got to come back to bite us all in the ass at some point. Maybe and probably especially uh, spoilers. uh if little homie gets to that seeing stone, we're getting ahead of ourselves in the episode five shit. Anyway, um, so uh, let's see. Anyway, so episode four, basically, the team needs to like wipe out what they think is the final operating base of the like old Imperials, and they think it'll just be a quick uh, mission. It, it it does not. Giant action ensues. Um, they're turn it's a huge it turns into like this big battle they figure out it's not a base it's a lab and there's a bunch of shit dropped about like cloning and m counts which stands for mandalorians and then at the end of the episode you get shots of what look like dark troopers like genetically enhanced cyborgs with maybe like midichlorian donations or some shit i don't know what the fuck is going on but like they just lay this vast conspiracy out in front of you not enough for you to like know what's going on but just enough for you to know that something is going on um the episode feels like a win for the protagonists like they take out the base and stuff but we as the viewer know shit is lurking in the background and there's only fucking one New Republic cop who seems to be aware of it all. Who seems to be keeping tabs on shit. So, you know, there's that. Um, and then, I think we're ready to get into episode motherfucking five of The Mandalorian Season 2, bitch. Whoo! Oh my god, it's so... It's so fucking good. Ahsoka live action has given me life. Has given me breath. Like, Ahsoka live... Rosario Dawson... Oh, my God. The fucking fight choreography. I just want to start there. Like, do you understand? They took, like, the fluid animated movements of a cartoon character and translated it into live action in a way that felt like accurate and realistic grounded for the universe like it was fantastic ahsoka live action was everything ahsoka needed to be also they did this great thing where they're like, yeah, we're going to introduce Ahsoka, and that's going to be big, and you're going to be really impressed by that, but she's going to come with a whole bag of other fucking things that are also going to blow your fucking mind. So, um, I think first thing we got to do is uh, Baby Yoda's name is Grogu. I'm calling him Grogu from now on. Now that we're past episode 5, that motherfucker's name is Grogu. His mama named him Grogu. I'm calling him Grogu. You feel me? So, <laughs> we don't know if he even had a mother. Like, so he was, like, raised on the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. He had many Jedi Masters. When she said the name Yoda as one of the only other of his species she ever knew... 
fucking Grogu looks over to her like, yeah, I fucking knew Yoda. Like, he's just, and whenever you say Grogu, he looks at you like, yeah, you you, you called, Nick, you you got something for me? What's up? Like, he'll look at you like you, you rang. Like, if you say Grogu, he'll be like, huh? <laughs> and just look at you, which is the most adorable shit ever. <laughs> I love it. I love Grogu so much. Okay, so... uh, Alright. Do I, like, break down this episode? Okay, it starts with Ahsoka in a forest fucking people up through the fog. Like, just wrecking through motherfuckers. You're like, what is she doing? And then she gets to, like, this walled-off city, and she's like, okay, she's sieging. She is sieging, uh, laying siege to this fucking walled-off city. Um, and there's this, like, official with a spear, and you're like, that's a badass spear. I wonder what about that. And then, like, she gets through all the ponds and she gets to the gate and she's like you got one day bitch and then i'm coming for you and you're gonna tell me where your master's at and you're like master who's what the fuck um and then a mandalorian lands he comes into town you get a look at how dark and fucked up shit is and why ahsoka's trying to liberate the town um but also ahsoka's after her own information it's a double-edged sword she's out here doing some real gray jedi shit she is using incredibly lethal force um for her own means that also kind of pay off for innocent people it's an interesting like she seems like she might be on a revenge path, but in doing so, she's, like, helping out a lot of other people. Like, it's weird. It's it's a gray area, and I love that they're exploring it. But anyway, uh, Din Djarin gets inside the city, and immediately they're like, Mandalorian bounty hunter? All right, we got a problem. Uh, we got a fucking Jedi we need you to kill. And he's like, ah, you know, my price is pretty high. And then the magistrate of the town is like, this spear... Pure Beskar, bitch. You want it? He's like, you goddamn right I want that shit. That is a pure Beskar steel spear, bitch. What the fuck? How do you have that? Um, <laughs> like, I got super excited when I saw it. Also, I knew the homie Sam would get super excited when he saw it. He's got a thing for polearm weapons. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is this Beskar steel spear, I think, is going to become very important throughout the series. I think it's going to be like the Mandalorian, like, Din Djarin's version of the Darksaber. It's his next-level weapon that puts him, like, where he could face a person wielding the Darksaber uh, or a lightsaber um, because now he doesn't just have uh, uh, the defensive Beskar armor. He has an offensive Beskar weapon. So, like, it, it evens the playing field a little bit for him. But I think it might become, like, a symbol akin to the dark saber as well i think like din Djarin and baby yoda might become like the Petrorian, like the high-end royal guard for bo katan who wields the dark saber so like the dark saber and the spear will come as like like a set like as the dark saber is passed down from one mandalore to the next there's a mandalorian next to the Mandalore who keeps the spear 
You understand? Like it could be because they're they're in a place where their culture is like changing and morphing and open to like anything could kind of happen with the Mandalorian since they're kind of scattered. Different pockets are going to start to develop different things probably. Um, so there's just a lot of room for interesting like world building story development type things happening. Anyway, got distracted with the Beskar spear. Um, so Din Djarin's like, all right, I'll go uh, check out this Jedi. Um, never really agreeing to kill uh, the Jedi, which he brings up later. He meets Ahsoka. They have a quick scrap, but Din Djarin knows to be like, yo, Bo-Katan sent me. Uh, and, uh, excuse me, hot wings. Digesting. Anyway, Din Djarin knows to tell Bo-Katan, or tell Ahsoka that Bo-Katan sent him. And so, then Ahsoka's like, well, I hope it's about him, and points to Baby Yoda, and we're all just like, yes! Yes, it is about him! It's all about him! It's always been about him! Um, <laughs> and so, uh, then, like, Ahsoka and Grogu um, fucking, like, force communicate, and it looked like the force communication, like, the telepathy, really took a lot out my man Grogu. I think that's a higher level technique that he's not like mastered it feels like maybe ahsoka was meeting him more than halfway there maybe sort of like reached out to him and was like are you familiar with this technique and he was maybe like haven't used it in a long time like, because he's apparently been suppressing his connection to the Force as a means of survival, which many Force users are doing post-Order 66. Um, so, he's been doing that, and so she's like, alright, and I think she kind of maybe... I think she was instrumental. A high-level Force user might be instrumental for communication with Grogu on, like, that detailed level. Um... Otherwise, I think we're going to be limited to his, like, body language uh, communication that we've been, like, dissecting and trying to understand. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he starts to grow and develop in the Force and if he can start to push thoughts into Din Djarin's head, like, hey, be worried about this guy. I'm getting a weird feeling off of him off the force like like it could give the illusion that Din Djarin himself is force sensitive if Grogu like always behind him in his little satchel or in his fucking little metal pod is always giving him a heads up like hey over here like overwatch kind of like that would be pretty fucking dope that would be a cool pair um okay so mando's whole thing is like you gotta train this kid and so he's like i'll test him see what's going on um and Grogu seems to only be willing to tap into the Force when Din Djarin's involved somehow, or it's, like, something he wants, or, like, 
his tapping into the force seems to be on a very primal emotional level right now and ahsoka can feel that she's like "Mm, i feel much fear in you um and she was there for the whole like anakin thing so she's like i don't think we should do that um but then dinjarin's like yo they told me to kill you but what if i team up with you and we take down this magistrate you get the information you want then will you train baby yoda and she's like all right yeah let's see about it um also kind of never really truly agreeing if you notice um in the way that he never really agreed to kill her um and so then it's like a jedi and a mandalorian They'll never see it coming. And then the whole audience collectively came. Like, it was, <laughs> like it was the best. Like, yes, Mandalorian Jedi team up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was the shit. And then they proceeded to fuck that town up. Not the innocent people, but all the people, all the soldiers and the droids and the evil motherfuckers there. Um, and, again, just Ahsoka fighting was the best. And the way that the final part there was a clear division between like the western influences of star wars and like the gunslinger that is mandalorian and like his whole thing and then the samurai influences of the jedi on the other side of the final battle of ahsoka between the magistrate with her beskar spear and stuff like so you have sabers versus spears and then you have two guys going on that like that uh quick hand draw game you know like so it was a real cool juxtaposition, really great balance for all the things that influence and inform Star Wars. It was such a fucking good episode. It was so good. And then at the end of the fight, you hear Ahsoka say, tell me where is your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Thrawn, nigga. Most of y'all don't know who my, my man Grand Admiral Thrawn is. I'll be honest. I haven't read all the extended material, really any of it, but I am familiar with this blue motherfucker. He is a military genius. There aren't too many, like, military geniuses in fiction that I'm not aware of because the, like, strategic genius is one of my favorite archetypes in fiction. Like, the guy who maybe isn't the most powerful or the strongest, but he is the most cunning. So you need to look out. Like... Shikamaru Naruto for my Naruto fans out there fucking Shikamaru Nara you feel me that's my man dog like he straight up straight up Shikamaru could be the Hokage without none of that extra shit that Sasuke and Naruto have going on like and I know he was talking Star Wars and I just derailed into Naruto but like I'm just saying that fucking that strategic like he's always five steps ahead so even if you're stronger than him like he'll have a way around it he'll outfox you he'll even if you got him outgunned outmanned backed into a corner he still finds a way ah i love it it's my favorite um <laughs> so that's thrawn and he's a bad guy so <laughs> it's a little bit like oh fuck that sounds really good if he's shikamaru and he's on your side but when he's fucking he he was a part of the empire but he's really not a fan of the empire he was going along to get along and then he broke away with like his own fleet 
So he's just like this rogue in the wind that we should all be worried about. And I was thinking Moff Gideon might be the big bad. He might just be the herald of Thrawn. The like the 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 like precursor like he might be working on shit at the behest of Thrawn or he could be working on shit at the behest of Palpatine be working on that whole final final order shit from Rise of Skywalker. There's so many so many threads were laid out in front of us in this episode and now um so ahsoka ultimately says no she can't train the child you're too connected the two of you you're like his father can't train the kid but if you go to the planet tithus tithus and you put him on this ancient jedi fucking temple seeing stone and let Grogu reach out through the Force, then another Jedi may answer his call. Also, she said he may choose his own path. So, like, I don't know. I think everyone's assuming that a living Jedi will answer the call. But it's very possible, nay probable, that he establishes a Force ghost connection with a previous Jedi. I think that's not out of question i think living jedi might be more interesting but i think long term for his attunement to the force i want baby yoda to stay force sensitive i want baby yoda to be like a gray jedi mandalorian like trained in combat in the ways of the mandalore but attuned to the force in the ways of the jedi that would be dope as fuck. That's what I want for Baby Yoda going forward. For Grogu. That's what I want for Grogu. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, man. That's been... Uh, that has been episode 12 of that fucking podcast. With your host, that fucking guy, LJ Sullivan. Check me out on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your loved ones about the podcast. Tell that dude who sells you dime bags down at the corner about the podcast. Tell his buddy who's got the really dope acid and mushrooms about the podcast. Tell everyone in your life about the podcast. When somebody calls you to give you like a, a public opinion survey so that you can put that data up on CNN later, tell them about the podcast. When your grandmama comes to town and she's baking you pies and shit after the, after the pandemic's all over and everybody can get together again and you're loving each other and appreciating each other that you made it out through all this and you tell them, you know what I found during that dark time that really helped me out when I couldn't reach y'all? It's that fucking podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Out.